You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. Our guest today is Mike Watley, who is the Vice President for State and Local Affairs for the National Restaurant Association. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, legislation and what restaurants can do, um, maybe reaching out on the local level, um, you know, to get necessary resources. And we'll also talk about outdoor dining. Um, So welcome, Mike. Um, I guess, what's the pulse of the restaurant industry right now that you're seeing? You know, uh, how many restaurants are closed and just how are others doing? Yeah, you know, we would like to report better news right now, but the simple truth is it's still a very challenging time for operators across the country. We did a survey in late August looking at the climate and asked folks, you know, how was business doing? And they told us, and this is back in late August, but August was worse for them than July for for more operators than not. So. Unfortunately, you know, we hadn't even gotten into the fall at that point with an increase in cases as we're seeing, and it was already challenging. So I'd like to have better news for your listeners, but I can just tell you right now, it's challenging. Our oper- our most recent operator survey indicates that 100,000 restaurants have closed since March. And certainly some of those might reopen at some point, but most of those are unfortunately probably gone for good at that this point and that's roughly a sixth of the industry so it's it's devastating and you know i don't want to give even more bad news but we're starting to see cases rise in certain parts of the country so we're going to continue to see challenges going forward and the operator community knows this better than anyone so what are you hearing from restaurant owners and operators that are their main concerns and have those concerns changed since March? Um, and do you notice any commonalities? You know, we've seen we've seen concerns change throughout the crisis, but I would say it ultimately comes down to looking at both costs and revenues and challenges on both sides. First, on the cost side, operators are dealing with increased costs on a variety of fronts. If you look at what's happened for indoor dining, because of important health and safety precautions, Operators are having to spend more money to either retrofit their operations or buy new supplies they might not have otherwise done prior to the pandemic. So masks, more sanitization materials, gloves, and unfortunately, everyone is competing over those materials right now. So we're seeing costs that are not typically in line with pre-pandemic rates, so it's more expensive. Um, If you're talking about outdoor dining, which I, I hope we can get into in more depth in a little bit, Outdoor dining becomes expensive once it gets cold. You have to buy heaters, you have to buy tents, and that's really expensive. So you have significantly increased costs, but at the same time, you're also seeing a major decline in revenue for most operators because people are coming back to restaurants, and that's very great to see, but demand is still not where it needs to be. You have some people who are are not comfortable yet dining at a restaurant at all, be it indoors or outdoors. You have some who you know haven't been engaging in takeout operations, so they haven't had that revenue um, there. So you're seeing challenges from both a, a cost side and a revenue side, which is really challenging for operators. 
of all sizes. In terms of how things have changed since March, if you look back at March, in March across the country, operators had to pivot to being entirely off-premise. So you couldn't, for most the most part, have any on-premise consumption. So all of that shifted. It didn't matter if you were fast food or fast casual or full service operation, you had to make sure that you could survive with only having food and beverage consumed off-premises. That has changed somewhat, I mean, in a pretty significant way. Now, in every state, restaurants can be open for the most part for on-premises, but it's at reduced capacity levels. And we're constantly seeing the guidance change at the local level, at the state level. So operators are constantly having to adapt. And I guess I would say what we're seeing right now, the, the word we're hearing the most about is uncertainty and what's next and what happens. Operators would love to have some certainty in terms of when this crisis may end or even what their percentage of indoor occupancy may be in a month. And unfortunately, right now, we just can't give them that. So explain a little bit about what your role is at the association and maybe a little bit about how your job has pivoted since the pandemic. Sure. So I oversee our state and local government affairs team, and I also oversee our our grassroots department here at the association. So I deal with federal, state, and local affairs in different ways. On the state and local front, looking at it in March, it was the busiest we've ever been. And that was as states across the country began to shut down indoor dining for obvious health and safety reasons, our team worked with our state restaurant association of partners across the country. So in every single state, the National Restaurant Association has a state restaurant association partner. We worked with our partners and with lawmakers to ensure that even though restaurants could not serve food on-premises, that they would still be deemed essential operations and could offer drive-through, to-go, and delivery, which you know was a, a savior for many, many folks in the industry. They were able to pivot and survive in the short term in that regard. As we move forward more into the spring, local localities began opening up and allowing restaurants to bring folks back for either outdoor dining or indoor dining. You know, our team has been working very closely with state lawmakers and also with our, again, our state restaurant association partners to ensure that restaurants are able to open in a safe way for employees and for customers. But that's been an around the clock uh, work. Our, Our health and safety team here provided national guidance in terms of what we were hoping that might look like. And we, we've worked with a lot of uh, localities to, to help make that work, but that's an ongoing challenge. And we're going to continue to be seeing more activity in that space until the pandemic is over, whenever that might be. So that has been a, a major uh, work stream for us. We've also been working with our state restaurant association partners on relief packages at the federal, state and local level. It's interesting. You hear a lot of conversation about what can be done at the federal level. And the federal level is really, really important in terms of direct relief for restaurant operators. But there's a lot that can be done at the state level. And there's increasingly a lot that can be done at the local level with what mayors are doing. So our team has been working very closely there. On the grassroots front, we've seen an unprecedented level of activity from restaurant operators. When we sent our first letter to Capitol Hill uh, pushing for relief for the restaurant industry, we had hundreds of thousands of emails that were sent to Capitol Hill. In in my eight years at the association at this point, we've never seen that level of activity. It was unprecedented. And 
lawmakers heard. They understood. They they told our folks up in D.C. that they were hearing from restaurant operators and understood. And that was a really important piece in helping with the first major recovery bill, which created PPP and, and helped restaurant operators in that regard. But the fight continues in terms of trying to get additional stimulus relief. We've continued to push. We're going to continue to push as long as the pandemic lasts, however long that may be, to to get the federal government, to get the state governments, and to get local governments to help restaurants in whatever way they can, because we are the cornerstone of, of communities across the country, and we are an important part of the economy, and a part of the economy that through no fault of our own right now really needs help from government. So let's talk a little bit about outdoor dining. It's getting chilly in certain parts of the country and the outdoor dining is going to be not necessarily an option for a lot of guests and a challenge, as you already pointed out, for the restaurant owners. Um, what do you recommend that restaurants do now to kind of capitalize on, on this and prepare? So I would like to talk about it in two regards. One, in terms of what operators can do. And secondly, in terms of what local lawmakers can do, because they, they have an important role here. First, in terms of what operators can do, I mean, operators know that this is an important part of their business right now. Our latest survey says that 74% of full service operators are currently utilizing either a patio, a deck, or a sidewalk, or some sort of outdoor uh, operation for on-premises. And of that outdoor dining, that is making up 44% of daily sales for full service operators right now. So almost half of their overall revenue is coming from outdoor dining. Now, to your point, it's getting chilly. I, I'm in Washington, D.C. It's already starting to get chilly in the morning and the temperature is really all over the place. But it doesn't matter if you're in Boston or D.C. or Orlando. The season is changing and it, it's going to become more challenging to operate outdoors. So operators are faced with two options. One, they can do nothing in terms of winterizing their patio and kind of just extend as long as their their customers feel comfortable going outside, which is, is a free option at this point, but unfortunately means they may lose a significant chunk of revenue. Or they can take steps to winterize their patio. And by doing that, they'll be able to capture additional revenue, but it's really expensive. We're talking about uh, heaters, heat lamps, tents, uh, even umbrellas, and those can cost between hundreds of dollars to even thousands of dollars in some cases. So it's really expensive. What we're encouraging operators to do is what operators have been doing throughout this crisis. Be creative, be willing to pivot your operations and, and just change things around on an almost weekly basis to capture customers. We're seeing some real creativity here from operators. We've seen kind of mini igloos that uh, cover individual tables. We've seen tables that have fire pits in the middle of them. Again, none of this is cheap and operators don't have significant cash flow right now. But for operators who are able to make it work, anything they can do to capture that off-premise, that, sorry, that outdoor dining for on-premises consumption is really important because it is such an important component of revenue right now. In terms of local lawmakers, they have an important role to play here too. At a bare minimum, in jurisdictions where we've seen local lawmakers streamline the permitting process for outdoor dining. And you know, your operators probably know your operator audience probably knows this, but the average customer doesn't realize how challenging outdoor dining can be from a regulatory perspective sometimes. In many jurisdictions, to get an outdoor dining permit in a non-COVID world, 
you have to talk to the alcohol department, the permitting department, and you know even the sanitation department to get that permit, and it can take months. A lot of lawmakers in localities have fortunately streamlined that process and made it a lot easier and a lot quicker during the spring and summer months. But all of that was done on a temporary basis for the most part. So we're calling on lawmakers to make those either permanent or extend them out for as long as possible so operators at least have the option of continuing to operate in those spaces. But secondly, uh, local lawmakers have an opportunity to help fund these operations. Great example is here in Washington, D.C. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser and the D.C. Council have uh, allocated $4 million in funding for direct grants to restaurateurs. It's roughly breaking down as $6,000 grants per successful applicant where operators can utilize that money to buy uh, either heaters or anything to help winterize their patio. Will that cover all of their costs? No, but it will be a welcome addition and will help them winterize. End of the day, and we stress this when we talk to any local lawmaker, the quote-unquote normal of how restaurant operators were pre-pandemic will never return until we are able to welcome back customers into our restaurants in a healthy and safe way at full occupancy levels wherever, whenever that may be. Until we get to that point, outdoor dining or expanded off-premises consumption they're great tools in the toolbox, but end of the day, by themselves, or even put together, they're not going to return us to the old way of doing business. So it really will be a struggle um, going forward. Do you feel that outdoor dining is going to become more a part of the culture moving forward? A absolutely. I think we've seen some really consumer-oriented and consumer-driven uh, different outdoor dining options that people really like. So in certain urban environments, we're seeing uh, the, the streetery concept where a, a traditional street is, is shut down for vehicular travel, travel and restaurants are able to spill out into the street and it's really expanding the outdoor area. People love that. It brings a vibrancy to the area, uh, really helps liven up the, the local atmosphere. So I think that is going to stay. I think in more suburban or even rural markets where restaurants are tenting patios and really expanding out in a, in a larger sense. I think you'll see that too. Will everyone keep that going forward? Probably not, but we do feel as though this is one of those trends that has started during the pandemic that will almost certainly last post pandemic because customers really like outdoor dining. As you mentioned before, many people are reporting that they're just not comfortable yet with indoor dining and they might not be for a long time. Um, but as we allow more diners inside, how can restaurants reach those guests to entice them to visit? Sure. So I think for guests who are truly not comfortable coming back into a restaurant until there is a proven vaccine or a therapeutic, the key way to reach them is through off-premises. So if that's curbside pickup, if that's in-house delivery, or if that's third-party delivery, I think restaurants really have to examine that and make sure that they are doing the best they can. And also, again, going back to creativity, being creative in terms of the offerings they're giving to consumers in that regard. We've seen operators really pivot in the early months of the pandemic towards off-premises, and many of the more successful operators have continued to have strong off-premises operations throughout the pandemic. So if you're a full-service restaurant that didn't previously do curbside takeout, 
you've taken a look at your menu, you've adapted it in ways to make it actually work. Perhaps you're not offering your, your signature French fries because they get soggy on the ride home, but instead you're offering a different menu item. So to reach those consumers who truly are not going to come back to a restaurant at all until there's a vaccine or a therapeutic, you have to reach them through off-premises. One side note on that, in addition to food, we've really seen a increase in off-premises consumption of alcohol. And that's been aided by state lawmakers who have allowed so-called cocktails to go in a variety of states, which has been really you know, a welcome addition to what restaurants can provide customers. Prior to the pandemic, you could only do cocktails to go in a handful of states. Based upon our latest count, you can now do cocktails to go either via takeout or delivery in over 30 states. So many states have expanded that. Many operators are, are utilizing that in a safe way. And that's another way to reach customers who you might have otherwise lost who wouldn't come into your restaurant. With the cold weather also comes the holiday season, which is traditionally a boom time for restaurants with parties, catering. Um, What should restaurants start to prepare to kind of make it work for them this year? Um, Should they start thinking about menus for small gatherings, holiday meal kits to be cooked or reheated at home? Are there, is there any advice that you should give them now? Sure. So I would say, you know, continuing our trend of being creative, figure out ways to adapt your menu, look at your customers, look at how they're ordering and really meet them there. I think one of the interesting trends we've seen as part of this pandemic is restaurants doing more in the meal kit or meal preparation uh, space where they didn't previously offer that. They're now bringing their creations to customers off-premises but allowing customers to have a little bit of fun by doing some of the final preparation themselves. So I think especially with Thanksgiving coming up and other holidays in December, there's a real opportunity for restaurants to to be creative and to expand their sales and try to capture some of that lost or potentially lost holiday revenue. But I think it's also important for restaurants to make it clear that in in jurisdictions across the country, Restaurants are a safe place for diners to come. Restaurants are working with local lawmakers to abide by the rules. Restaurants are prioritizing the health and safety of customers across the country. So we realize that not everyone is ready to come into restaurants yet, but restaurants are a safe place to be and restaurants are doing everything they can, working with local lawmakers, working with state lawmakers. We've worked with the CDC and the FDA to really help make sure that we're creating um, protocols that make sure customers feel safe. You know, as part of our work, the association has worked with our ServeSafe um, brand to launch the ServeSafe Dining Commitment, which is a program that restaurants can sign up for that showcases what restaurants are doing in terms of health and safety and really highlights that. And I think as we get towards the holidays, that's an important component of this. Yes, off-premises is important. Yes, outdoor dining is important, but we want everyone to know that restaurants are a safe place for folks to come back to and that we're doing everything we can to create a safe and inviting experience now and going forward. So we've seen the PPP, uh, Paycheck Protection Program, um, and a couple of other versions of relief. Um, But what's your insight on the future of government relief for restaurants? So we are continuing to call on 
federal level lawmakers to pass additional recovery efforts. We continue to press. We're going to continue to press until this pandemic is over or until we get additional aid. Unfortunately, we have not seen it um, to date, but we are we're continuing to push. We're hopeful that something can be done either pre-election or immediately after election. But it's really key that Congress listen to restaurants in their community. Restaurants are struggling, as we've talked about a good bit on this, but there are a couple of ways that Congress can help. First off, Congress could pass an industry-specific recovery plan that offers money to restaurants who are struggling of all sizes and allows restaurants to tap into that. You know, if Congress is not willing to go that far, another great option would be a second round of PPP for restaurants. PPP was a really great program that was well-intentioned, but unfortunately, it was an eight-week program for what's become a seven-month crisis at this point. And in hindsight's 2020, at the beginning of this, I'm not sure any of us thought we would still be in the situation we, that we are currently in. But we unfortunately are. The industry continues to suffer, and so it's time for another round of PPP to allow operators to continue bringing back employees to support the employees they have and to really have extra cash to be able to utilize going forward because as we've talked about costs are going up and overall revenue has not been going up so it's been it's really important that we get additional federal relief in whatever form that may be so the restaurant association has a plethora of resources um that i always direct people to um and that you've been adding to throughout the pandemic um so explain a little bit about how you help restaurant owners um, and, and what they can do to help themselves, either by getting more information or, um, as you pointed out, getting more involved on the local level. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I would say a great starting place would be to go to our grassroots website, which is restaurantsact.com. That's restaurants, plural, act.com, which is our grassroots website where they can find a lot of different tools. We actually launched that site in the first weeks of this pandemic. So it's been a a great resource for operators across the country. Start there, sign up for our email list. We are putting out kind of a 90 second update by my boss, Sean Kennedy, who's our executive vice president of public affairs. That's kind of an insider's look at what's happening in DC and how it relates to the industry. Putting that out about once a week or once every two weeks, depending upon when there's news. But I would encourage folks to take action. Once you sign up for our email list, you'll get our action alerts. And there's a real quick and easy way for you to take action and make sure your lawmakers are hearing from you. After that, would encourage folks to contact their local state restaurant association. There's a lot that has to be done at the state and local level. And we have a state restaurant association partner in every single state, and they can connect you with what's happening at the state level and what's happening at the local level. But if we've learned anything from this pandemic, it's Government really does have a giant impact on your operations. It doesn't matter if it's federal government, state government, or local government. It's really important for operators to be involved. And we as an association, we're here to help connect operators with lawmakers and to help promote the industry going forward. So what is your outlook for the future of the industry? We, it's tough to know right now when the end of this crisis will be, but while we're seeing a lot of hurt and a lot of suffering in the industry, restaurateurs are resilient and restaurateurs are adaptive. I think we've seen some real creativity and some real pivots that have been taking place with operators during the pandemic. So 
while there's a lot of bad news out there, and I know we started this talking about how operators are pessimistic about the future, we're going to continue to be out there fighting for restaurateurs and encouraging restaurateurs to, to work with us to get the government involved. I think once the pandemic is over, some of the trends that you have seen during the pandemic are going to stick. I think you're going to see increased outdoor dining in the future. I think contactless payments and contactless off-premises transactions will continue. You know, how you ordered takeout in the past where you, you called a phone number and waited on hold and then gave your credit card number over and then had to go in and interact with someone at the bar and get your food. I think for the most part, that's going to be a thing of the past. You're instead going to utilize an app to order your food um, for, for takeout or delivery, and you'll get it either in your car or via delivery. So I think you'll see a more seamless off-premises experience going forward, but off-premises consumption of food and alcohol is going to continue to increase. So there are going to be changes to the industry from a consumer perspective going forward, but for both outdoor dining and also for off-premises dining, those are trends that really were beginning to start prior to the pandemic that have taken hold now that I think consumers will appreciate going forward. But end of the day, for any customers who are out there listening to the, to the podcast, it's really important that you patronize your favorite restaurant right now, whether it's through takeout if you're not or delivery if you're not comfortable going inside yet, if it's outdoor dining if you're not comfortable dining inside, or if it's indoor dining if you're comfortable doing that. Every single dollar matters both to operators and employees now, and the industry really needs your help because the longer this pandemic goes on, the longer this crisis goes on, the more challenging it's going to be. So for customers, patronize your local restaurant, but also get involved politically. It's really important to contact your lawmakers, and that goes for operators as well. We need as many operators and as many customers as possible calling on lawmakers at the federal level, the state level, and the local level, because each level plays its own role to get involved and to help the industry. It's important to realize, and everyone does, the industry is suffering at a level it's never suffered before, through no fault of its own. And we need everyone to rally together on both the operator side and the customer side to support the industry, both in terms of business, but also in terms of politics and government affairs to get the government to act to help the restaurant industry now and going forward. I mean, restaurants are the fabric of the community. They pull us together, you know, we're social people and and sharing a meal with someone is, is just what we do and want to do um, and is great for the communities. Um, what is it that you are looking forward to um, about dining out and dining in in the future? You know, dining out and the whole restaurant industry, it's based on hospitality. And that's the, the fundamental core of the industry of, you know, we're, we're a place where people go on, on first dates or go to celebrate birthdays or celebrate big experiences or reconnect with old friends. It's a, it's a very social experience, which unfortunately in the pandemic era is, you know, social experiences are challenging. So that's part of why the industry has been hit so hard. But I think everyone's excited to, once the pandemic is, is behind us, be able to, to reconnect with folks, but also, you know, even as it's going on now, to be able to go out in a, in a safe manner in, in terms of social distancing and, and patronize their favorite restaurant. There's a lot that can be done now, and, and we're hopeful that the pandemic will, will be behind us hopefully sooner rather than later, and that the industry can begin to, to move on and become 
resilient again, much like it was pre-pandemic, but it's really important for everyone, for, for industry operators to support your, your fellow operators and for also for customers to, to be out there and to whatever way you can patronize your favorite restaurant because the industry really needs help right now. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you.